Chris Stoner is the owner of Baltimore Sports and Life. BSL is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. Other parts of BSL include the networking events, Baltimore Metro Business Development, BMBD, the Business Development Group Paysetters, and the site Baltimore 2029, which aims to celebrate the best of Charm City as Baltimore nears its 300th anniversary. This show will be utilized for discussion on sports and Baltimore as a whole. Discuss the show at the BSL message board and check out the other BSL radio offerings. Welcome in. Uh, joined today by Mike Denier, longtime NFL writer, currently with Pro Football Network. Mike, how you doing? Doing great. You know, happy to be covering football, talking about football and, and, and doing the things that we love after a very tumultuous spring and summer. Uh, that is very true. Uh, let's start with AFC East, at least at the top. You got Josh Allen, who appears to have taken another leap. Stefan Diggs has elevated the Bills' weapons. Uh, in New England, there's questions if Newton can stay upright all year, but the partnering with McDaniel's offense seems to be a quality marriage. How do you handicap the East? Yeah, right now the Bills are on top. Josh Allen, number one in Football Outsiders DR, number two in DVOA. So, you know, the, the stats don't lie anymore and the, and the tape doesn't lie anymore. And there, there's still a lot of things from the cleanup, of course, but that combination with him with Stefan Diggs, really doing exactly what the Bills hope. Now, they have to clean some things up on their defense as well. That was the part that they weren't worried about. And you look at what happened in sort of the second half of that Dolphins game, they have some things to worry about there. But they're on top. I agree with everything you said about the New England Patriots. The marriage with Cam Newton is good from the standpoint of, you know, does he fit, whether it's, you know, emotionally or from a, a, te- a technical standpoint, a tactical standpoint. That's certainly the case. Are they going to keep winning if the if the goal is to have him run 15, 20 times a game? We've seen this in the past with a younger Cam Newton, and he's no one can really handle that strain. Hopefully what we're going to see for the Patriots is them opening things up a little bit passing-wise while still using his legs as a weapon. Let's stay with the East, but move to the NFC. Uh, Dallas has weapons. Uh, defense has questions, injury concerns. Washington is Washington. Uh, the Giants weren't good with Barkley. Can Wentz and Philly right the ship and push the Cowboys within the division? I look at the Cowboys right now, and they're like the ultimate Cowboys team. They've somehow gotten better, and yet they still are even better at making dumb mistakes. Like you, you go out, they, they should really be 0 and 2 if the, if the Falcons know how to co- cover an onside kick. And that's despite the fact that they have all these weapons, and Prescott is really throwing the ball very well. They're fumbling, they're committing every kind of mistake you can on fourth down, whether it's fake punts or other fake punts or, uh, you know, running weird calls and everything. They should be able to straighten things out and, and become the team they're supposed to be if they can fix some of these mistakes. I know we've been saying that for 10 years, but different coach, they should be able to fix these mistakes. Eagles, I think the Eagles can turn it around to a degree, but turning it around to a degree after this 0-2 start, after the losses they face, which are going to have tiebreaker implications down the road when they're trying to fight for the last seventh wild card or whatever it is this year, turning it around might be 8-8. Eight and eight. Turnaround might be seven and nine. And a lot of the guys in the Philly media are, are taking a long look at that roster and pointing out the ages of the guys on that roster. A lot of guys, 30, 31, 32 years of age, that were there for the Super Bowl three years ago, that were there for Andy Reid or Chip Kelly years ago. This is a team that's probably in need of a reboot. Yeah, I think we're going to get a win against the Bengals in Philly this week. We'll see what happens after that. I don't see them really like putting a run on like they've done in the last two years. We'll stay in the NFC. We'll jump to the South. Uh, seems like the biggest story in the second week of the 
Brady's Tampa career is that they got Fournette going on the ground. Yeah. Um, you know, what are your thoughts there, particularly with uh, with Brady? It seems to me you know, run Fournette and uh, McCoy to death, and uh, and <laughs> and you know, and not have Brady chuck it 40, 45 times a game. It, it seems like a better fit to me. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to gauge the level of denial in Tampa Bay <laughs> right now. Obviously, they're going to be okay. Uh, they've got that receiving core. Brady can still do the the professional stuff. They've got some pieces on defense, et cetera. How deep is the denial? It, you know, uh, uh, beating the Panthers does not impress me right now. This is a team with almost no defense. Now they're going to be without McCaffrey. They were without McCaffrey much of that game, and and they've got and they get the Broncos this week. You know, they get the Broncos with Jeff Driscoll and no Von Miller, no Cortland Sutton this week. So how? So that's another win. Okay. So so how how long are we going to get this? Is the team going to develop? Is Brady going to be sharp at this point? Or is Brady going to be like, hey, look, I threw for 217 yards, one touchdown, and one interception against a bad defense, a defense with no Von Miller. If we see that, we're going to be rolling into the second half of the season as with a Buccaneers team that's probably around 500, maybe a little over 500. I, I don't know how you interpret that and, and whether you say, oh, my God, what a great decision to sign Tom Brady so you could go 9-7. and seven. I, I, That's what I see them happening, and I don't see what the point was besides selling jerseys and, and selling hypo, hypothetical uh, season tickets, if that why they signed Brady under those circumstances. Staying with old NFC South quarterbacks, uh, any concerns of what you're seeing with uh, Breeze and the Saints? Yeah, it's going to be a real problem for Breeze without Mike Thomas. It might be a problem with Michael Thomas when he returns as well. I was looking up some of the, the data right now on him, how short the passes have gone, how much of their offense is dumping it off to Kamara and hoping. Um, that said, they should have won that game. On Monday night, it really was penalties on defense. There was one really bad turnover before halftime. A lot of penalties, and, and so you give the, uh, the the Raiders a chance to sort of drive down the field on pass interference and roughing the passer and things like that. Uh, the NFC is so much about who's going to really rise up, and I think the Packers Packers have shown they're going to rise up. Somebody really good is going to come out of that NFC West, and if the Saints are going to be kind of like the Buccaneers and like, oh, we got this legendary quarterback, and we're going to hover around nine and seven, but we're going to make mistakes, and our quarterback doesn't really have it anymore. That's just not going to cut it if the goal is to win a Super Bowl. And when you have a legendary quarterback, your goal shouldn't be to go 10-6 and six and build something. It should be to win that Super Bowl. Last NFC South question. Atlanta's 0-2. Can yes. we overcome that, or do you see them uh, looking up at Tampa Bay and New Orleans all year? Well, I, I can see them going like they did last year, go you know 1-5, and 2-4, lose more games like that, then go on their little run. Uh, and frankly, I hope no one is fooled by it this year. I think it really the Dan Quinn era ran its course. I think it's it rolled to a halt literally when that onside kick sat there and nobody knew what to do with it. Uh, that, that's a sign that the coaches have kind of lost track of the details and, and, and the communication they need with the veteran players and that team to say, this is how we finish games. This is how we win. They're tuned out at this point. And I think the Falcons as a team are tuned out at this point. They need better ideas on defense. They need better manpower on defense. And they're not going to get it right now with Quinn and Raheem Morris running the show there. We'll move over to the AFC South. Uh, the Colts started their year of disappointing loss at Jacksonville, rebound week two versus Minnesota. Rivers is teaming with Reich. Uh, what are you seeing with Rivers? Does he have anything left, or is he pretty much done? I mean, with the exception maybe of Roethlisberger, I'm in the same boat with all these old quarterbacks. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, you, you did good there. You beat the, uh, you beat the Vikings, who, who are throwing interceptions and safeties and stuff like that. Yeah, you can still distribute the ball to some of some of these guys. Although now they got uh, 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 Paris Campbell hurt and some of the other guys hurt, so it's going to be trickier. What's the end game here? 
You show me nine and seven, ten and six is the Colts with Philip Rivers, and I say, what's the end game of this? What are you going to do in two years? Rivers is not going to be any better in two years. Neither is Breeze, neither is Brady, neither is Roethlisberger, but they've got this awesome defense there. Show me what the end game is here. So I have no doubt with the you know with the Texans falling off that the Colts could wind up being a playoff team, and that Rivers can have has some highlights left him in. What I have doubt in is that this is going to accumulate anything besides, hey, that was a pretty fun year. The Colts have been doing this for a year. That was a pretty fun year. What do we do next? They've been doing that 10 and 6 thing on and off for a while. What's the long-term plan? I don't necessarily see one. Yeah, uh, I mean, Colts uh, certainly had uh, QB success for, you know, what, 20 years there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. uh, And obviously I think it's a great point that you're making that anything they do this year – if the ultimate is not a Super Bowl, it's just a short-term bridge, and what are you actually right. doing? Yeah, right. right. So the Titans, they ended the Ravens season last January. They got past uh, Jacksonville in a competitive game. Uh, Tannehill, another four t- touchdowns there, you believer? I'm starting to get there. I'm starting to get there because Derrick Henry is not playing very, very well, and it's kind of like they hand off in the second and eight, and they hand off again, and it's third and seven, and Tannehill's the one who makes the play. It's not like they're setting up third and one. Uh, and Tannehill's making a play because it's an easy situation there. So I'm I'm starting to be a believer there. The the three teams to watch in the in the AFC are the Bills, are the Titans, and are the Steelers, um, because they have a lot of components there. They've had some success in the past, and these are the teams that could potentially rise up and be challengers to the to the uh, to the Chiefs and to the Ravens right now. Now the Steelers are probably going to be behind the Ravens no matter what. So it comes to those Bills who could win that division, and it comes down to this Titans team that has what it takes to win the division, especially as we pointed out, the Texans seem to be falling off. Well, those Texans, they started their year with Kansas City and Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, uh, Maybe hard to get a complete gauge on, on where the Texans are. Uh, well, think they, got, they, they got beat bad by both of those teams. They say, oh, it was a tough schedule. And we yeah. took both of these teams to a field goal. They got beat bad by both teams. I'm pretty comfortable with the gauge of where they're at. So you look, <laughs> you look at them as the third uh, team in, in the South there? Uh, they're probably the third team in the South. Maybe they're the fourth team in the South. Maybe the Jaguars yeah. will put all this stuff together right now. I, I guess I look at the Texans right now like, who are you? Yeah. What was your? I, I look at them and say, what do you do really well? In the past, I kind of knew what they did really well. It was Watson the Hopkins, and it was uh, Clowney and Watt. Now it's like, okay, you're throwing the ball to Will Fuller and this Aikens kid and things like that. I don't see any kind of identity. I don't see any purpose, rhyme or reason to their game plans, et cetera. And uh, – you know, this is after six years of a head coach, four years, what should be a crowning achievement year, rise up year for uh, for, for Watson and a Hall of Famer on the way out still playing well in J.J. Watt. There's, there's no logic to how this gets together and does anything but says, hey, maybe we'll go seven and nine or eight and eight because other teams will fall off and the Jaguars will stay. We'll head west and start with the AFC. Uh, we can get to KC in a minute when we discuss them coming to Baltimore. Uh, who's the AFC West second best team, Vegas or the Chargers? It's probably Vegas right now, although it's hard to really get a, a – you talk about get a gauge of a 2-0 team. They beat the Panthers in this back-and-forth game, and neither team played very good defense. And then, again, you go out there, you get a bunch of pass interference penalties, you get a turnover before halftime, you distribute the ball well on the, on offense, so that's got going for you, and you're a pretty good offense there, and now you're 2-0. I think that they have what it takes to continue winning games like that, whereas the Chargers, we got to see what happens. we got to see if they really are waffling about Tyrod or – Herbert at quarterback. They've got their usual slate of injuries there. So I'll go with the, the Raiders first. I don't see a playoff team coming out of this that division except for the Kansas City Chiefs. In the NFC West, you got three teams at 2-0 and and the defending NFC champs uh, staring up. Uh, the Rams are getting production on the ground game, setting up play action. 
Uh, in Arizona, Murray came into the year getting dark course MVP talk, and that's certainly uh, been escalated. Uh, San Francisco obviously had a tough weekend losing Bosa. They lost some other injuries. Seattle looks to me to be N- the NFC favorite. Uh, how do you look at the West? I, you know, I'm trying to still figure the Seattle Seahawks out to a degree because on offense they look like the 2016 Seahawks when they were really good or 2015, whatever year it was, when their offense was really strong and they were a deep playoff team. Their defense looks like the 2019 Jets. Jamal Adams, go do everything for us. So I don't know how, how sustainable that is. The Rams look phenomenal first two games. That that system looks like the system again. It looks like the Sean McVay genius system again. That said, after you get past the first eight guys, you can't name the guys who are running around out there. And I don't know if that's a sign that they've risen up or if that's a sign that, oh, the Eagles kind of laid an egg and the Cowboys made mistakes, and that's why you're two and up. Cardinals very pesky. I don't think they have a lot on defense. I've been, I was just watching tape of them before I came on here, and you know, they're doing a wonderful job manufacturing everything that DeAndre Hopkins. At some point, opponents are going to realize DeAndre Hopkins is lining up on the left side and catching like five-yard smash passes. And everybody else is running in circles around him to, to, to kind of cause a distraction. So, so we'll see there. I'm not, I'm not writing the 49ers off. That's the toughest division in the NFL. And I'll tell you, I was on another show and they said, could all four teams make the playoffs? Now there's expanded wild cards. Not a crazy idea that all these teams get into the eight and eight, nine and seven situation. They all get to play the NFC East and beat up on those guys. That's a possibility where the last place team in that division winds up making the playoffs if they play their cards right against a lot of opponents like the football team, the Giants, the stuff, the scuffling Eagles and the Jets. Well, you would think they would beat up on each other and think uh, that would prevent any of them from running away from each other. Uh, Yeah. In the uh, NFC North, uh, Green Bay and Rodgers, they've started hot. Yeah, NFC Championship game participant last year. Not a lot of preseason team hype after the Jordan Love uh, first round right. selection. Uh, you know, w- what's your take on Green Bay? Yeah, I was loving the drama too. I enjoy the drama. Uh, and now here's the reality of it: like Aaron Rodgers is playing very well. The other receivers, not named Devontae Adams, are playing very well this year. And Aaron Rodgers is speaking to them and acknowledging their des- existence and doing more than throwing like one token screen pass per game to Marquez Valdez Scantling excuse me, whatever his name is, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, and the other guys. Also, their defense is playing well. Their running game is playing well. You look at the rest of that division, Lions look like they're going to go belly up. They're tired of Matt Vrabel. I mean, excuse me, Matt Patricia. I'm tired of Matt Patricia. Uh, The Bears, the reality is going to sit in for Trubisky as we speak. It's probably happening. And the Vikings, reality is set in for Kirk Cousins. So this is a conference, a division where we're going to say the Packers are going to rise up on that. They're not going to produce three or four playoff teams in that division. And that's the idea that, that Aaron Rodgers is going to get into a playoff situation, possibly with a high seeding, with a bunch of receivers he's more comfortable with and a running game and a defense. That serves notice to the teams we mentioned earlier, the Tom Brady's, the Drew Brees's, all, Russell Wilson, all, and all these other their teams. You can't come and spring your B game to the NFC playoffs and expect to, to waltz in because you're going to have to get through a very tough Packers team. The AFC North, uh, Pittsburgh's 2-0. Uh, they won at Denver, which they should have. Uh, defense quality, Big Ben, you know, two years ago, threw for over 5,000 yards before missing yeah. last year. Uh, nine Steelers caught passes Sunday. Connor, good yeah. day running. What's the biggest question in your mind the Steelers? Is it really just keeping Ben healthy? And beyond that, do you look at them or, you know, who? Do you, how do you rank them, Buffalo and Tennessee, in terms of the AFC's third best team? I go with Buffalo and then Tennessee and then the Steelers. I am impressed by the defense, obviously. You look at last week's win, it was a lot closer than it had to be. So the worry is keeping Ben Roethlisberger healthy. Is keeping 
him from getting strip sacked a lot and is getting more uh, continuity in their offense. Their offense does not have a lot of continuity right now. In, in the fourth quarter, they can run the ball against a team that's already down. They can produce like big plays. It's very streaky. They have these three-play sequences, three-and-out sequences, where you're like, what's going on? Where Roethlisberger looks old, where they look like they're running the ball for the sake of running the ball. So when you put that together, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, it looks like they're a team that could wind up in some, let's say, 19 to 16 final score games that could go either way when they're facing some tougher opponents. That said, they're scary. That said, they are a legitimate threat to cause problems when they play when they play the Baltimore Ravens. They're a legitimate play to get, threat to get into the playoffs and do some damage to some of the teams above. So let's uh, jump ahead to week three, get quick takes on a couple of games. Uh, we'll hold off on Kansas City-Baltimore. Let's start at some of the other games, uh, Chicago and Atlanta. You talked about Trubisky. Uh, Time's up any any time there. Atlanta, that obviously that's a must-win game for uh, the Falcons. Uh, what do you see there? Well, you know what's interesting? I'm trying to pull up the uh, Bears schedule as uh, as we speak right now. And I see Falcons, Colts, Buccaneers. Uh, they can go 3-0. and They can go 4-0. and They can go 4-1. and And then you got the Panthers after that. So you've got a while before the schedule t- stiffens up for the Chicago Bears. They've got some pretty lax defenses, starting with the Falcons, who have a very lax defense. The Panthers, I mentioned in week six. That's a team that, while I, I talked about kind of being somewhat fraudulent, uh, they could be four and two, five and one with Trubisky. They could be out of a situation where they're kidding themselves, where there's a lot of headlines going on about how this team fixed, fixed itself and the, the management there believing the hype to a degree. So I don't see them going very far. I see them very possibly winning this game. Um, but I'm curious to see what happens in the long term if they turn around and say, wow, we fixed Mitch Trubisky, who does not look fixed in any way if you watch the games, and do something like hand him $84 million and, and create this sort of cycle of in perpetuity where they're struggling for years because of that. One of the games of the week, uh, Rams at Buffalo. What do you, yes. what do you see there? Uh, I, I mentioned earlier that the Bills' defense is an issue, and I think their run defense is an issue, and against a team that can mix it up and create real good balance, not the goofy balance where you hand off two times instead of third and seven, but the real balance where you don't know what's coming. I think the Bills will have a handful on that. That said, this is going to be a good, exciting gauge for Bills fans and, and for people who are always trying to find out who Josh Allen really is because you don't have to win this game, but a good competitive back and forth with the, with the Rams definitely shows how far the Bills have advanced, how far Josh Allen has advanced, and what this team could be capable of in the AFC. Well, remember, after the two top two teams, the Bills are in there with that wide-open list of teams that can make things happen. So Rams have the uh, time travel, obviously, coming yeah. across the country, but don't have to deal with the fans. So Right, you know, uh, and they have to deal with weather. Yeah, well, right. Yeah. Uh, about Vegas at New England. That's, uh, a game could have playoff implications later. Yeah, I mentioned earlier about the, the the Raiders right now. I think if they try to do what they did in the last two weeks, which is you emphasize Waller at tight end, but you're really like scattering the ball to seven or eight different wide receivers. The fullback gets involved, Witten gets involved, Ruggs, Aguilar is getting involved. You try to do that against the Patriots, and they shut everything down against you. They've got the top corners. They can kind of ignore things. They can, they've been scheming up against tight ends in practice against Gronk since like 2011. So I think they're going to shut that down there. Raiders' defense is not very physical. So if you start hammering them, both with Cam up the middle and your running game and creating situations where you put the ball in space, I think the Patriots should come away with a win there. There's a couple other decent games, Houston at Pittsburgh, Dallas at Seattle, Green Bay at Saints. But this is a Ravens uh, mainly uh, pod. Let's get there. Kansas City at Baltimore. What are your thoughts there? 
Well, if you look at uh, Football Outsiders and you look at their DVOA ratings right now, they have the Ravens as the best team in the NFL right now, and I tend to agree. And they're kind of in the top five or top six in both sides and on special teams. You look at the Chiefs right now, and they are 2-0, and but they're coming off an escape, really an overtime escape against a, 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 a tough out of a Chargers team, but still it was an escape. And they're, you know, up there with the other 2-0 and teams right now. If you really look at the statistics and you really look at the film of the Chiefs, they don't look a lot better than some of the teams we've been talking about in the last couple of, the last couple of minutes. So I see a Ravens victory here. I think they should be able to run the ball effectively. They should be able to have effective balance on offense. And I think that they can do enough to contain Patrick Mahomes. The Mahomes we're seeing so far this year has like three or four amazing plays in him. And then there's a lot of plays where he's a little out of kilter. Right now, Jackson looks like the better all-around quarterback, including as a pocket passer. So I see that win there. That said, we talked about this as a huge game. I've been looking forward to this game for weeks. They're both going to be in the playoffs. We know that. Maybe this is the size of home field advantage. Maybe by home field advantage, there'll be thousands and thousands of people in the seats. We'll see. But we're going to see these teams again. This is going to give us a good gauge of where they really stand. But we're going to it's, – it, it's not like uh, it's not like do or die, like the, the Houston Texans or something like that. We're going to watch this. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to have our takes. And they'll be like, okay, January 17th, let's meet again. Yeah, I think that's a great take, Mike, just the idea of you are likely to play again. Uh, both certainly would expect to be in the playoffs. Be, yep. And – only so much can be taken from a game in September when you're both at full strength. We'll see where you are in January. Yeah. Uh, it, the only thing here is that the Ravens have lost the last two years in Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, so maybe some mental uh, thought of, you know, you, you, you'd like to show you can win. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? This is this is actually Mahomes Jackson three. I, I, I. Yeah. But it's the right. first one worth Mahomes Jackson because we had Jackson, what was his second start the first time? And then yep. it was three. And we're still learning about who Lamar Jackson was last year. This is MVP versus MVP, Super Bowl champion versus guys who went 14 and 2. I throw a lot of the older stuff out of the window at this point. This is the one where this is the game of the year. This is the game that defined. This is the Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady game. It's really the first one of them. So uh, replacing Marshall Yonda, uh, yeah. surprise, isn't the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. Ravens having some issues on the interior of their line. Uh, can the Chiefs exploit that with, with, with their uh, D-line? They can, particularly because not only do you have Chris Jones, who's unbelievable up the middle, but they got some guys like Kalen Saunders who are playing well. You're definitely going to have to block up that middle better than I've seen really in the first two weeks. Of course, no team designs things for the perimeter and, and, and puts the defense in a bind quite like the Baltimore Ravens. I'll tell you on the other side of the ball, the Chiefs lost uh, 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 the Lavernade Dufont, uh, yeah. <laughs> Robespierre, uh, Marquis de Lafayette, um, the, 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 the Dr. Uh, Kilgore. Uh, they, they've had some – I'm sorry, I'm not making fun of the young man. He, he went off to, to, to fight COVID instead of the NFL, and I'm butchering his name. I apologize for that. They've had some trouble on the interior line too, and if you watch the tape, they're having trouble protecting Mahomes. Mahomes is having some trouble under duress as well. So it's legit that, the, that you have to be a little bit wary that you're not just like pounding the ball up the middle behind Yanda – this year in um, Baltimore, they can't quite do the same things in Kansas City e either. So that's going to be a wash. Both teams have to adjust to that. That's the NFL. It's an adjustment league. And I think both teams, but particularly the Ravens, have solutions to the problem of uh, interior pass rushers sometimes getting in on. Mike, uh, you're truly one of the best uh, nationally. It's great to hear you. Uh, tell us about uh, the new site you're working with, Pro Football Network. 
You can find me at Pro Football Network every Monday. We're doing Monday Recap. we got a lot of other great voices as well. we got Tony Pauline, Benjamin Albright. We've got gambling information. I don't know if that's legal in your jurisdiction, but we got it. We've got fantasy information as well. You can check me out there on Mondays. I'm also back at Football Outsiders. You can check me out there on Thursdays. Also doing stuff for the New York Times. I'm doing stuff for Fansided. I am everywhere in 2020. Uh, so, But it's very easy. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Tanier. Mike, T-A-N-I-E-R, and I will be tweeting out and self-promoting incessantly so you can find my stuff there. Mike, thanks again. Uh, talk soon. Enjoy the week. Thank you, man. You too. Take care and enjoy your week.